Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Patty Lavely, CIO at Gwinnett Health System. In this segment, Lavely talks about the work her team has done to revamp the security strategy, the IT positions she believes will be in great demand going forward, and how CIOs can benefit from taking a back seat and letting others drive the agenda. I wanted to talk also about security. It's something that's always on everyone's mind and one of, like they always say, one of the things that does keep CIOs up at night and you can, anyone can understand why, but I just wanted to talk about um, kind of your, your strategy there. So I've been here two years and um, we are in the process of enhancing our security program, sort of rewriting it to some degree. When I got here, I actually, a new compliance officer started at the same time are really close to when I did. And so we spent the first probably year of, of both of our time here really looking at what was here and coming together and sort of redistributing responsibilities. And and so now it, where it used to all fall to um, information systems, it's now a joint responsibility between compliance and information systems and, and really how we sort of draw a line in the sand is compliance is responsible for audits and policy mm-hmm. and we are responsible for um, implementing the technologies and enforcing the policy with technology and okay. and between the two of us we both sit on the incident response team and the two executives are myself and the compliance officer and and we re wrote the uh, protocol and the policy for incident response and communication and all of that. So we're, I think we have a very good process and program as far as that goes. So now we're taking a look at all of our technology, our overall risk assessment schedules, and we recently contracted with a, um, a new um, cybersecurity vendor who's going to, we're going to outsource all of our risk assessments to and then use them to sort of supplement our skills because one of our challenges with security is having the right skills in-house that really understand sort of this idea of cybersecurity and um, we found it very difficult to recruit those skills. So as of right now, we're going to outsource that. Uh, We're going to continue to try to recruit them, but um, it, you know, I think that's going to continue to get more and more challenging. Yeah, I can imagine because it seems like you're you're competing with uh, every other industry for for that kind of expertise. We are, and I was recently at a, a presentation. One of the speakers was uh, a security engineer with IBM, and he he was talking about just the challenges with recruiting the right skills for IBM. And he had like 50 positions he needed to fill over the next year. And I thought, you know, if this guy can't recruit, how am I going (laughs) to fill my one little security engineer position? So um, it it is really a challenge. And, you know, we're a a not-for-profit community health system. And so our pay scales for that type of role isn't usually in line with, you know, the IBMs of the world and the, you know, the companies that focus just on security and technology. So I yeah. think that will continue to be a challenge for us. We're, we're in the process, too, of trying to grow our own. We're getting some of a couple of our network guys training and 
yeah. trying to get them sort of engaged with the community of, of security experts. Yeah, that's, that's going to be uh, such a, uh, a huge role going forward just as, you know, as everything starts to become so much more mobile. I think that's going to be a, a whole new uh, maybe a job opportunity for, for people. Oh, I think so. It's it's a whole new field sort of emerging. Yeah. And I'm seeing more and more our local universities, I'm involved in the with the technical college here in Gwinnett County and, and they are um just starting a, a cybersecurity degree program. So of course we're trying to get involved, we're trying to influence the curriculum and, you know, make sure we get access to some of those interns and graduates. But um yeah. it's um yeah, I, I think it's it's really an opportunity. And it's very interesting. You know, I don't have a whole lot of time to spend on it. I wish I had more because it, it is incredibly interesting work. Yeah. Well, um, when, you, when you talk about how, how you do spend your time, that's uh, kind of a good segue into one of the other uh, challenges I wanted to talk about, which is, which is prioritization and just mm-hmm. um, kind of how that's something that, that, you, uh, that you do deal with, with having so many things that seem like uh, they're all uh, kind of on that front burner. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a daily um, challenge. It's, you know, something I really have to look at daily almost, it seems. But, you know, I think at the high, high levels, what I try to do, and, and, and this takes time, is to be um, current with my peers so that I understand what their priorities are. And, you know, and, and at different points in time, I may be more current with nursing versus with, um, you know, radiology or the, the COO and, or with the CFO. But, I, you know, I try to spread my time equally when possible and just really understand what their priorities are because really their priorities and the organizational strategic priorities should drive mine. If I'm not leaving my office then I start creating my own priorities and I don't, I lose sight of theirs. So, you know, I try to remember that. And um, there are, and then you come back to like security where nursing and operations and finance, they're not thinking about that. I have to think about that. You know, compliance thinks about that. Um, So that's one of those priorities that is really driven by this office. And I have to be sure to keep that in the forefront as well. And, you know, and then if you just think about the infrastructure and capacity management and all the things that go along with that and system availability, you know, that's, again, for me to prioritize and to um, help educate the uh, operational leaders of the organization um, on those things, so they can help me prioritize it along with their things. And we do have a governance um, here. It's called, we call it um, the Information Management Planning Council, mm-hmm. and it is made up primarily of senior executives. And and I we when I started that that meeting actually was in place. That group was in place, and and it was meeting bimonthly. And it really was sort of an IS reporting to this body, uh, like project status, and then once a year they talk about capital budget priorities, and it was not a very sort of interactive group. Right. And so we're, we are slowly but surely changing that and really um, not use it. I actually, I don't do project updates to them anymore because we do those in other meetings, and yeah. um, 
you know, if they're the executive sponsor, they're getting an update already. So we decided to stop doing that and only really talk about those projects that were being proposed or um, if we, we do want to report back at the end of a project whether or not it met its goals for implementation. And, um, but we really are not doing regular project updates, and we are meeting weekly. So they, by default, have become the steering committee for this enterprise system selection. Um, right. But we're trying to really get them more engaged and talk about you know, where we should be spending our resources. And now that we're considering this enterprise project, we need to reconsider all these capital requests for next year and really think about this in terms of, do we want the organization spending time over here when we have this more important project, this enterprise? And so it's, it's been really good. And I'm really, one of the things I love about this job is our leadership team is so willing to participate and to have the discussions and to ask the questions if they don't know. And they're also willing to allow me to ask questions of them and to learn more about their organizations so that I can better prioritize on their behalf. So it's, it's right. been a really good group to work with. Yeah, that would, that would make sense that you know, the, the more, you guys, more everybody knows about each other, the less it becomes you know, just people having to just kind of um, Sell, uh, mm -hmm. sell their own priorities and, and more of, uh, you know, real uh, collaborative discussions. Yeah, and interestingly, we just had a meeting um, last week, and the first two items on our agenda were unplanned projects that were brought up for various reasons. And actually, my name was on both of them. I, I had planned to bring them forward myself, although I wasn't necessarily the one that brought them up. I didn't actually say a word about either one of them. Mm -hmm. the, the the groups discussed them. They discussed the pros and the cons. They discussed, you know, the implementation resource requirements, the, the capital and expense um, budget requirements, and I just sort of sat back. And at the end of the discussion, I made a recommendation as to how to move forward, but that which I had planned to make, um, but I, that was it when I thought, you know, this is when this group is really working, when I'm not the one driving the agenda. Yeah. And um, so I, I, I left that meeting feeling very hopeful <laughs> that our governance is, is really working. It's not me and this group that's just rubber stamping everything. Yeah, I think that, that definitely would be validating. Mm -hmm. It was. It really was. Okay, so you said you've been there about two years now? I have. Okay. Talking about your, your career path, um, you, you had CIO roles previously um, at Putney Memorial Hospital and Memorial Health University Medical Center, mm -hmm. and then went into consulting. So I kind of wanted to talk about, first of all, you know, why you decided to go into consulting, and then what your thoughts were going into that from the CIO role, because I'm sure that there was that. It's an interesting perspective. Well, it was, and it was actually a great experience. I, I, I started a consulting company because, really, uh, because my, I left the position at Memorial Health in Savannah, and my daughter was in high school in Savannah, and I didn't want to move. And, mm -hmm. and there are only two healthcare CIO roles in, in Savannah. Right. <laughs> I had one of them, <laughs> and the other one wasn't open. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I knew I, I knew when I decided to leave Memorial that I was going to have to figure out what to do. And, 
and I had in mind that I would just do consulting for a while and um, while my daughter was in high school. And so I wasn't, I spent a lot of time sort of looking at the field. Do I want to go work for someone? Do I, you know, do I want to stay independent? Do I just want to be by myself? You know, what do I want to do? And and what kind of consulting? And so I, I after talking to a lot of people and, 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 con, and me consulting with some of my consultant friends who were incredibly helpful, um, <clears throat> I decided to develop a company myself around this idea that CIOs are very busy <clears throat> and if they, if they had more time in the day, what would they be doing with it? That's what I could do for them. So that was sort of this idea of what I went out and started marketing. And, and a friend of mine who is a, um, uh, a nurse, uh, really a, a high senior nurse informatics uh, type person, um, was, had been out of the industry for a little bit, and she was looking to get back. So I sort of had her in my back pocket. She wasn't in any rush, but I thought, you know, if I come up with an engagement and I, I need some clinical expertise for it, you know, I have this friend who will work with me. And so I did a couple small engagements, and I, I did some interim leadership of technology at, at one particular place. And then, um, <clears throat> and then I did an interim CIO position for a healthcare system in New Jersey, which required full-time travel. And <clears throat> up until then, I had really just been traveling part-time. And, and my, I actually brought my friend in who um, uh, the the nurse informaticist and um, we did a lot of great work there and it was a lot of fun and you know one of the things I discovered in that engagement is I I don't want to travel full time and and I never really had done it so I was wasn't really sure if I'd like it or not but you know yeah. after doing it for a year and a half I, that's not what I want for myself yeah. Um, and, you know, however, you know, it's easy enough. And, and at that point, I could have, you know, changed my role. At, that engagement was going to end and changed my role and probably come back to part-time. And by that time, I had moved back to the metro Atlanta area and then received a call from Gwinnett. And long story short, I ended up taking this position. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.